Coming up, everything you need to know about Notre Dame's last big recruiting weekend and where things go from here for the class of 2024. You are Locked On Irish, your daily podcast on the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on and welcome into Locked On Irish. It is Tuesday, June 13th, and thank you for making this your first listen of the day. As always, you can watch the show on YouTube or listen wherever you get your podcasts. If you're new to the program and like what you hear, you can subscribe to the channel to stay up to date on all future episodes. And if you're an everyday listener, you can help out the show by liking the video below if you're watching on YouTube or by rating the podcast five stars on your preferred podcast platform. My name is Tyler Wojcik, and I'm the host. I'm a Notre Dame alum and have been podcasting about the football team since 2020. I'm also a producer for college football talent at the Fox Sports headquarters in L.A. Notre Dame just wrapped up their second big official visit weekend of the offseason, so in today's episode, I'm going to cover all the latest updates coming out of that and where I believe things stand with some of the top prospects still on the board for the Irish. Um, Real quick, though, before we get started on that, if you haven't had a chance to listen to last Friday's episode about Jack Swarbrick's decision to step down as athletic director at Notre Dame, I'd highly recommend you give that a look. I had my old co-host Luke Smith on to react to the news and talk about the hire of Pete Bavacqua, and we had a lot of fun, so go check that out if you have not already. Already. But let's start with some recruiting news. Right off the top, I don't expect there to be a repeat of last week when Notre Dame was able to land two new commitments almost immediately after the first official visit weekend wrapped. I think they got two in not even 48 hours. So that's obviously not going to happen this week. Um, but overall, it does sound like the coaching staff did a nice job with everyone who made their way to campus. Notre Dame hosted four uncommitted prospects. The big one, five-star edge rusher Elijah Rushing, as well as four-star linebacker Bradley Shaw, four-star tight end Carter Nelson, and three-star safety Oliver Miles. But the headliner in this group obviously is Elijah Rushing. I spent a lot of time on him uh, on this podcast in the past, and I'm going to do it again today. And I'm going to be honest. The updates, the things that I've been hearing, the things that I've been reading in the time since have not been that great. It's not that the visit went bad. I think it's actually quite the opposite. I think he had a really good time at his visit. Um, It's just some of the reporting that's been out there. And I'll just dive right into it, okay? So here's what we know. We know that rushing is down to, I believe, five schools, or really four schools at this point. There's Notre Dame, there's um, Arizona, which is his hometown or his hometown team, basically. He's from Tucson. Uh, so that's right there in his backyard. And then there's Oregon and Tennessee. Those are the full four schools that he has an official visit lined up to, or he has taken one already. He's already done his visit to Arizona. Um, I don't know how much he's actually considering Arizona, considering where the program has been over the past five or six years, or really the past decade, honestly. Um, but again, close to home, I understand why he would take the official visit there. And then there's Oregon, and then there's Tennessee. What do we know about Oregon and Tennessee? They are two of, if not the biggest, NIL heavyweights in all of college football. That's just what we know. Okay, uh, I know some people are speculating already that Notre Dame just isn't willing to pay or anything like that. This I'm not going to get into that. All I'm going to say is those are his top schools. Three of those make sense. Notre Dame is kind of the one that doesn't. And we've heard a few weeks ago from some pretty reputable sources that Notre Dame was considered the leader at the time. And I'm going to be honest, I was pretty surprised by it, given where he's from, given the position he plays, given the other schools that he's considering. But I took... Uh, the reports for their word. And I think that Notre Dame is still in, you know, semi-strong position. I mean, they made the top four, so that's important. But let's go back to the official visit. 
And to Rushing's credit, he said all of the right things coming out of this weekend. It's not like he's going out there saying the visit sucked. He said that the visit went great. He enjoyed hanging out with the coaching staff, the other commits who were in town this weekend, because Notre Dame did host a lot of committed prospects, not just uncommitted guys. So that was important. He got to, got the chance to hang out with them and get a sense of you know what it would be like if he were to choose Notre Dame. We also know that at some point during this visit, Rushing uh, was sort of with the other coaches, with the commits. I'm not really sure where he was at the time, but Rushing's dad and Marcus Freeman had a conversation about NIL. Didn't really get into specifics. I would never expect him to do that. Um, and we haven't heard anything since, but we know that that happened. We know that that conversation took place, and we can infer that NIL is probably going to factor into this recruitment given the top schools who I just mentioned. So now after this visit, uh, you're hearing all these reports that Notre Dame has got quite an uphill battle now to get rushing. And I, I take these reports for the word. I mean, th- there's some pretty credible people like Tom Loy of 24-7 Sports who was very blunt and said that he has not talked to one person on the Notre Dame side of things that thinks Notre Dame is going to land him. Mike Singer from Blue and Gold didn't say it so matter-of-factly, but he said that it was going to be difficult for Notre Dame to land him. And that's where things stand right now. I wouldn't say that this recruitment is over. I wouldn't say that Notre Dame is completely out of it. I think the fact of the matter is they just have a long way to go. Rushing is projected to make his commitment official in July. Um, He has an upcoming visit to Oregon, I believe, and then he'll take his last one to Tennessee, and then he'll take some time uh, before he makes his decision official and announces it to the public. So Notre Dame's got a long way to go. I think that's pretty safe to say. And I think that some of the reaction coming out of this is now fans are going to be like, oh, Notre Dame just can't do it in the NIL era, the transfer portal era. They're not willing to throw money at these recruits. I would tell those people that Notre Dame already has one five-star committed in the class in five-star wide receiver Cam Williams. They also have C.J. Carr, who's a very high four-star quarterback, who's also committed in this class. So it's not like Notre Dame is whiffing on every top guy they go after. It's just the fact of the matter is Notre Dame is going after two big fish and Justin Scott and Elijah Rushing, and frankly, neither of them seem to be trending towards Notre Dame at the time of this recording. Again, that could change. But when you really look at it, is it all that surprising that a guy like Rushing isn't really considering Notre Dame at this point, or at least that Notre Dame isn't the favorite? He's from Arizona. He has no Notre Dame connection. He's a five-star. So Notre Dame's biggest appeal to these recruits is that they're setting them up for life after football. And while they're playing football at Notre Dame, they're still going to be very competitive. It's a great pitch. It's why we love the school. It's why we love the university. It's what makes Notre Dame different. But I've got news for you. A five-star probably isn't that concerned about life after football because that five-star is very confident that they are going to dominate at the college level and that they're going to go to the NFL and they're going to make a bunch of money and they're going to be really successful and they're going to be really rich and they're not going to really need that job at Deloitte or the job at Goldman Sachs when they're done playing football because they had already made so much money. Really, at that point, it's just about managing it and investing it properly so that they're able to you know, not go bankrupt once their career is over. So I think that as much as we appreciate Notre Dame's approach here, Sometimes with these five stars, it's not going to always resonate because they they aren't as concerned. And that's just the nature of the business right now. Sometimes you're going to swing and miss. And maybe Notre Dame is going to swing and miss on rushing. Maybe they swing and miss on Scott. But they didn't swing swing and miss on everyone. They got Cam Williams. They got CJ Carr. And there's still a ways to go with this recruitment. I think that a lot of people are assuming that Notre Dame uh, is – not out of the race, but they've got a long way to go because of that conversation that Rushing's dad had with Marcus Freeman. I mean, when I read these reports, I'm always thinking, okay, where's this reporter getting this information? Why is it coming to them now? Who are they hearing it from? Why are they getting it? And 
I think that at this point, Notre Dame is, or excuse me, no one is really sure what is going to happen with rushing. Just right now, it's not the news that you'd love to hear after a recruit takes an official visit. Sounds like he had a great time, but it sounds like Notre Dame got a better understanding of where they are and compared to the other top schools that he's considering. And right now it's not that great, but I think that the, this is going to keep happening. And under Marcus Freeman, he's giving a great effort. He's coming really close. And I know that no one wants to hear uh, Notre Dame get like a consolation prize or anything like that, or get a participation trophy because they impressed the five-star recruit who didn't ultimately commit. Notre Dame's going to have to start winning on the field because that is the one thing that the football program is in, in control of. Okay. They're not really going to have the control of how much money the different collectives are going to be willing to pay recruits. They're not going to have any say in the admission standards at the university, but they can win. And if Notre Dame starts winning more under Marcus Freeman, because they were winning under Brian Kelly, but they have to do it under Marcus Freeman so that he can show these recruits that they're capable of winning under him. If Notre Dame starts winning a lot more, they start sending more guys to the NFL, then all of a sudden that these recruiting pitches to the five stars out there who are willing to bet on themselves essentially and take a, somewhat of a risk in going to Notre Dame in terms of like the fact that they're most likely losing that immediate upfront money by choosing Notre Dame over some of the NIL heavyweights, that's probably the best way um, or best chance Notre Dame has at landing these guys in the future. It's going to take some time. We're not even in year two of the Marcus Freeman era, at least in terms of games played. Like, he's had one full season. All right, I still think he's a really good recruiter. I think he's put Notre Dame in some good shape with a lot of these guys, but the fact of the matter is they still got a long way to go. I'm a believer in Marcus Freeman. I think he's going to be able to do it, but I'm starting to think that right now in this class, as we look at it in totality, they might not be able to land as many five-star guys as we thought today. The one way to solve that in the future is just by winning. So I understand that this isn't the most fun update coming off a of Big Times Recruit official visit, but that's where things stand right now. That could change in the future. You never know, really. It's recruiting. Everything changes you know, by the day, basically. So that's the bad news, or at least the potentially bad news. The good news is Notre Dame did make some big moves on two of their other top targets this past week, and so I'll tell you who they are and what it means coming up next. Make a fast break to Fandle during the NBA playoffs because right now new customers can get a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's $2,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. My favorite part about Fandle, honestly, is the instant payouts. It's smooth, it's easy, and it's way better than all the other sites out there. So get to Fandle today. Download the app because there is no better place to bet than America's number one sportsbook. Visit Fandle.com slash locked on and get a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's Fandle.com slash locked on. Fandle, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Thanks again for making Locked On Irish your first listen of the day. Now let's get to the more positive news that I'm hearing coming out of this past weekend for Notre Dame. It sounds like Notre Dame really impressed four-star tight end Carter Nelson and four-star linebacker Bradley Shaw. And I want to start off with Nelson because this one kind of took me by surprise, honestly. So Carter Nelson is a four-star tight end out of Nebraska. On 24-7 Sports Composite, he's the number 119 player nationally and the number 8 tight end in the class. But 24 in their rankings, they have him as the number 40 player overall and the number 2 tight end of the class. Part of the variance with him is that, frankly, the competition he's playing against in Nebraska isn't that great. He's an incredible athlete. He absolutely dominates all of his competition. But I think that there's going to be sort of an acclimation process once he gets to the college level. But don't get it twisted. This guy is very, very talented. And there's a reason why Notre Dame is going after him so hard. There's also a reason why Georgia is going after him so hard, despite the fact that they already have two tight end commits in this class, including a commit from the number one tight end in the country, Jaden Riddell. Jaden Riddell, Notre Dame was looking at him. He is the teammate of CJ Carr on his seven on 17, and he's a really, really good player. But so is Carter Nelson. 
And last weekend, he took an official visit to Georgia in the weekend prior to coming to Notre Dame. And coming out of that visit, there were some people over at Georgia who thought that he was going to commit there uh, on the spot. I think someone uh, from 24-7 Sports who covers Georgia full-time, I think they even put in a crystal ball for him. And then going into this weekend, I don't think Notre Dame really loved their positioning. But now... After the weekend has passed, you're hearing a much different tune from people who cover it and from a couple different people that I've talked to as well. They said that Notre Dame really, really impressed Carter Nelson, and now they might, in fact, be the leader. Personally, I think we should all take a step back here and relax because clearly something happens when Carter Nelson goes on official visits because first it was Georgia thinking they had him, and now it's Notre Dame thinking they have him, and he still has official visits lined up to Penn State and Nebraska. So I'm going to be interested to see... Once he takes those official visits, are Penn State reporters, are they going to be like, hey, he's going to Penn State now, and then same deal with Nebraska? I think we need to wait a little bit and let this post-official visit glow wear off a little bit. That's not to say that Notre Dame won't get him. I'm just sort of seeing this being like, okay, it sounds like everyone thinks they got him after every official visit. So let's let's wait and see. But this would be a big-time get if Notre Dame was able to land him because he's a really talented player. If Notre Dame were to land him, he would actually be the highest-ranked tight end to commit to Notre Dame since Michael Mayer. Notre Dame already has a tight end in this class, but they would like another one uh, for depth purposes. And also, I just think Carter Nelson is an obvious take. Like, there's not going to be a situation where Notre Dame wouldn't take him. That's the reason why Georgia is considering taking him, despite the fact that they have two guys. Notre Dame is in a good spot. I think that they are, have the the difference in the fact that they only have one tight end in this class already. Notre Dame is tight end you. The just being Notre Dame on its own is attractive to any top tight end target in the country. And I think that this would be a very big commit for Notre Dame. They've already got one. I think they they would like to add another regardless if it's Carter Nelson or it's someone else. I think they're really trying to get another tight end in this class. Um, they obviously have... Um, Cooper Flanagan from the year prior, Eli Raritan, Holden stays from the year before, although Eli Raritan has already suffered two ACL injuries during his time at Notre Dame. So we don't really know who's going to be the the next great Notre Dame tight end. I think Mitchell Evans will have a good year, but I don't know if he's ready to be, you know, a Tyler Eifert or a Kyle Rudolph or a Michael Mayer. We'll have to wait and see. But I think Carter Nelson has that kind of talent that he could be that down the road. Now, another guy, four-star linebacker Bradley Shaw. He's from Hoover, Alabama. That Hoover. If you watched the show two days way back in the day, uh, that show about high school football at Hoover uh, in Alabama, it's that high school. So at least you know with him, he's playing some pretty quality competition. He came in this weekend, and apparently Notre Dame just knocked it out of the park. Shaw brought a bunch of his family with him. They all seemed to really enjoy the visit. They liked the campus. They liked everything that Notre Dame had to offer. Um, Mike Singer from Blue and Gold also pointed out that Shaw's older brother played football at Wisconsin, so their family is used to having to travel to the Midwest to watch one of their kids play. And Shaw would be huge uh, for this Notre Dame class of 2024. We've talked a lot on this podcast about how the two recruits currently committed to Notre Dame and Bodie Cajon and Teddy Rizak. I like Cajon a lot, but He's still ranked outside out of the top 400. Teddy Rizak isn't even in the top like 800, I don't think. So landing a guy like Shaw, who's currently ranked 176 nationally and number 17 linebacker in the class, that would be a big-time get. 24-7 sports and their rankings alone has him as the fifth-best linebacker in the class and the number 61 player nationally. I haven't seen anyone make a formal prediction, but and based on some conversations I've had, we might be getting close to that. Another thing to note about Shaw is that he doesn't have any official visits lined up at this point in time. He might. uh, He might set some up down the road, but right now it's sort of up in the air. And I sort of interpret that two ways. One, it might mean that 
he's ready to commit to Notre Dame and he doesn't need to take any more official visits. There's also a chance that he's like, let's wait around, let's see, let's take this through the fall and let's let this recruitment last a little bit longer. That also offers him the opportunity to visit games um, and take official visits during actual fall you know, big weekends, big Saturdays. So that could happen. That's that's very much still on the table. I don't really know right now. Georgia and Auburn are the two teams also going after him right now. I don't know how aggressively they're going after him at this point. I, f- I would always feel like you got to be a little bit concerned uh, with either of those schools in the, in the case of Shaw because, one, Georgia is Georgia. Like, I don't have to tell you why. It's not great to hear that Georgia is going after the same guy you're going after. Auburn is interesting because even though Auburn football has been, you know, a bit dysfunctional over the past couple of years. It's still Al- it's still in Alabama and it's close to home, so I could see why he'd want to go there. And also under Hugh Freeze, maybe starting things around. So we'll have to wait and see about that. So obviously Notre Dame would love to land one or even both of these guys, and I think it's on the table now that they could actually end up getting commitments from both Carter Nelson and Bradley Shaw. The fourth uncommitted prospect to visit Notre Dame this weekend was safety Oliver Miles, and it sounds like that one was a little bit. I don't want to say it was bad. It just didn't go as planned because Notre Dame was hoping to get um, a commitment from him this weekend, and that was not the case. Uh, Miles is a little bit lower on the recruiting rankings than Shaw and Carter Nelson. He's not even ranked in the top 500 nationally, um, but he does play his high school football in El Campo, Texas. Notre Dame has done really well uh, recruiting prospects out of Texas the past couple of years, and it just seems like at this point, Notre Dame is in a two-horse race uh, but with Texas Tech. And even though some of you might roll your eyes and be like, Texas Tech, Notre Dame is going to be able to get him uh, over them. He's from Texas. It's not that far from home. And if you look at the rankings and you look at what Notre Dame's got coming in, potentially, uh, because things looked pretty good with Tay Johnson, the four-star athlete from Indiana. He announced a commitment date later in the month. Notre Dame seems to have him. Uh, but we'll have to wait and see until that commitment make, becomes official. But Notre Dame already has Kennedy Urlacher in the class. They also uh, could have Tay Johnson. And then at that point, they're really just looking for one more. And they got a few guys coming up this weekend. So I don't know how long Oliver Miles is going to be able to wait. It's sort of similar to Paul Menke last week when everyone thought he might commit. And then that didn't happen. It kind of seems like Notre Dame might have a little bit more say in this than we might have thought a couple weeks ago. And it was like, all right, whoever the first three to commit are going to be the guys. Notre Dame has a little bit more leverage now in these situations, and they're honestly getting pretty close to wrapping up this class of 2024. So stick around, and we'll wrap up today's show with a look at what comes next for Notre Dame's 2024 recruiting class. All right, so let's take a look at Notre Dame's class of 2024 as a whole. They're currently ranked number three in the country behind Michigan and Georgia. They have more four-star commitments than Georgia, Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, and Oregon. Problem is, they don't have as many five-stars as, say, Georgia or Ohio State, But overall, the class is in really good shape. I think they're going to get Tay Johnson. He would be the 20th commitment in this class. I would probably expect Notre Dame to finish this class with like 23 to 24 commitments. Now, that could change if any players decide to transfer later on. You know, different things happen. That number could change, but that's the number I expect uh, for Notre Dame to take in this class as of today. Assuming Johnson does commit to Notre Dame, Notre Dame will still need one more safety in this class. They've got one coming in this weekend who I personally really like in Malcolm Ziegler. He's a little bit higher rated uh, than Paul Menke, uh, as well as Oliver Miles. So I would prefer that they take him. He's also a little bit bigger. I think he's a little bit more athletic. So that would be great. They're also still in the running for a couple big-time linebackers, including Bradley Shaw, obviously. And then they've got Kingston Viliamu Asa, who's a top 100 linebacker out of California, who will be visiting this upcoming weekend. That's going to be a very, very important visit for Notre Dame. He's just coming off a visit to USC. 
They're probably the favorite right now in that recruitment, but Notre Dame could make a great impression this upcoming weekend. And they definitely need to get one more linebacker. I mentioned Teddy Rizak. I mentioned Bodie Cajon. They need one more guy, at least, and they need one more big name to sort of... It'd be good for the class anyway, but I think it'd also be great for like the fan perception of this class as well if they're able to get one or both of those guys in Viliamu Asa or Bradley Shaw. And Notre Dame would be willing to take both. Like They are both so talented and... You don't really know what's going to happen with linebacker depth next year because Leofau, Bertrand, and Kaiser could all leave. Honestly, I would consider them likely to leave considering they're all fifth years, even though I think they they each have one more year of eligibility remaining because of that COVID year. It's hard to – I kind of get confused because that COVID year, like, it's still around even though it kind of feels like a long time ago. So they might – they probably will all leave. And then you're looking at a situation where – You've got a bunch of really talented guys, but also a bunch of uh, inexperienced guys for the most part, at least right now at linebacker for Notre Dame, and guys like Jalen Sneed, Nolan Ziegler, uh, Preston Center, Drake Bowen, guys who I think will be good eventually, but that would be a pretty inexperienced group likely playing for Notre Dame next year. So if they're able to take four linebackers in this class, that would go a long way for depth purposes. Um, Also, you just always want to add more talent in the room. And adding Shaw and adding Viliamu Asa would certainly do that. So I think Notre Dame would love to have one or both of those guys if possible. As for safety, I don't know. I really don't know where uh, Notre Dame is leaning right now because we're hearing different reports about Mankey. It seems like that guy, he's probably looking elsewhere. He's probably going to end up at Duke, I would say. That seems to be the trend right now, but I'm not sure. You know, there's still a good chance that Notre Dame does land Oliver Miles, but maybe it's going to take them longer than they would have preferred. We don't really know at this point. But I think we're actually getting pretty close to finishing up this class for Notre Dame once Johnson makes his commitment. And then you got a situation where you still definitely need to tackle. Gerby Lambert is a must for this class. And I think that if they're not able to get him to commit to Notre Dame, they're going to have to make a late switch and try to get someone who maybe they're not going after as hard right now, but they definitely need to get at least two tackles in this class. They have three offensive linemen, but only one tackle right now in Styles Prescott. So that's another need at, uh, in this class. And then after that, you're looking at a few guys who are like, you don't need them for the class necessarily because positionally you probably got your numbers, but there's uh, they're like an obvious take. So Elijah Rushing would certainly fit that mold. Justin Scott, obviously, I, that would be an obvious take. And then you've got someone like Caleb Beasley, who's officially committed to Tennessee right now, but Notre Dame is hopefully going to be able to get on campus for an official visit uh, this fall. I think he announced that, so I don't really know. I never really know what these guys who say they're verbally committed, but then they're scheduling official visits elsewhere, and they're very much in the running because it sort of contradicts Notre Dame's approach. I know that they don't let any of their commitments take official visits elsewhere, or else they say that they're not um, committed to the class. So I'm not really sure, but it seems like Notre Dame is getting close to the finish line in this class. They've still got two big weekends in the month of June, and then you've got the recruiting dead period coming up. But Notre Dame right now, uh, they're in pretty good shape. But I think a lot of people are going to see this and they're going to hear the rushing news and uh, they're going to listen to that open and they're going to think, here we go again. You know, another good but not great Notre Dame class. I would push back on that a little bit. No, it's not the elite gap closing class that we were hoping for once Marcus Freeman was promoted to head coach. But there's still a long way to go in this cycle. It's like it's only June and Notre Dame is so far along in this class that it, it kind of feels like the recruiting cycle is getting close to over. It's really not. I mean, obviously, this is a huge month, and then things slow down a lot uh, once that dead period starts, and then the season gets going, and then you're just trying to put the finishing touches and then try to make sure that none of your guys decommit uh, late in the game. But I think that Notre Dame is in good shape. 
At this point, I would say that they'll probably finish like at the back half of the top 10. That's kind of just based on what I'm hearing, uh, where these guys, these top guys seem to be trending. And I think that would be great for Notre Dame if they're able to do that. If they're able to land a top 10 class, um, that's going to be great for Marcus Freeman. And he's only been at the program, shockingly, it seems like he's been there forever, but since the start of the 2021 season, he obviously took over the recruiting uh, charge for the defense as soon as he arrived as defensive coordinator. And we saw an uptick in talent immediately. They signed one of the best linebacker classes in the country in his first class. And now we're going to start to see that on the field on Saturdays. Now these guys are getting older. They're going to get more action on the field. And then we're going to really see how talented these guys are that Marcus Freeman recruited as DC on the field. It's still probably going to be a little bit before we see the Marcus Freeman guys on offense really make big impressions. But I think we're getting there. And I I know no one wants to hear this, but I think we have to be a little bit patient because I think for Marcus Freeman and Notre Dame, we can sit here all day, we can complain that, you know, Notre Dame's not going to have a chance in the NIL game and all that. Look, we got to stop making excuses. Yes, NIL is certainly a hindrance to Notre Dame closing the gap and being an elite team. That's I'm not saying that's not a thing. There's all kinds of other things that Notre Dame has had to deal with for a very long time that has prevented them from getting some of these top recruits. It's harder now than it's probably ever been, but I don't think it's impossible. And I really think we just have to focus on, you know, getting these top 10 classes. I think the last class finished in the top 12 after Brandon Hillman decommitted, but they're not that far off. It's just going to take a little bit more time than we probably would have hoped. But I have confidence that winning on the field on Saturdays in the fall is going to change our outlook. And it's going to change the mindset of a lot of recruits who are considering Notre Dame, because that is really what it's going to come down to for Notre Dame. And once they start winning, once they start putting more guys in the NFL, then I think we're going to see these classes go from fringe top 10 or like out just outside the top five. And now we might be able to get in the top five and then we'd really be cooking with gas. But that's going to do it for this episode of Lockdown Irish. Thanks again for making this your first listen of the day. Remember to subscribe to the show on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts and give us a follow on social media. The Twitter handle is at Lockdown Irish. The Instagram is at Lockdown Irish Pod. And my personal Twitter account is at Tyler Wojak, at Tyler W O J C I A K. I'll see you guys tomorrow.